Welcome to our podcast, Geeks, We Are Your Fathers. We're three proud geek dads and we're here to talk all things technology, gaming, science fiction and more. This episode, we're talking Lego. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Geeks, We Are Your Fathers. I'm Robbie. I'm Dave. And I'm Pete. And we're back for 2021. We also have a special guest, Geek Dad, with us again today. We're rejoined by the star of our previous Marvel show. Welcome back to the podcast, Matt. Hi, good to be here, guys. Great to have you. So, as we've mentioned, this week we're going to explore the world of Lego, which we know is already a shared passion of ours from the many times we've already discussed it in previous episodes, usually when we're going completely off topic. So, what's your first Lego memory, guys? My first Lego memory is actually with my brother. Uh, he's my brother's quite a bit older than I am uh, and he always had Lego around the house um, and, and the joy of it for me is that I've still got some of his Lego that still works with the brand new stuff that my little boy got for Christmas it's, I mean that's one of the amazing things about Lego is it, 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 it's an, a toy that doesn't age uh, same, same type of uh, experience from my, my childhood I, I, I honestly can't remember the first time I played with Legos so I guess they were kind of always there but it was that same that same type of thought process or same type of memory with with my brother. We we had stuff. Our our, our parents bought us uh, toys all the time, and we we kind of created our own our own memories from all the sets we had. One of one of the big uh, I had a like an epiphany later in life when I first found out that Lego were doing Star Wars kits. Um, so that was kind of the next big memory for me. That that was a big moment. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the same. It's like I kind of had a, a time when I discovered Lego as a child and very similar story. I think it's where you're always quite lucky if you are a younger sibling is that you you generally then inherit the, the Lego collection of your older brother or sister. Um, older brother. Again, included. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but again, I mean, this is something we've touched on before. The beauty of Lego is that it's timeless. There's still, I'm sure in our Lego collection, there will still be blocks in there from the early 80s as well as some of the blocks that have been bought more recently and you can't really tell them apart so it's it's just timeless and it, it kind of grows with the family and th- that collection still exists and you end up with all these little bits of pieces from from all of the different sets that you had yeah um but yeah likewise i think as an adult it it changed in that it was much more around the sets when i was a child it was just about having random bricks and trying to build things that looked great in my head but didn't really look like much to anybody else and then as you get older it's actually the sets look really cool and it's starting to be more intricate and and building things that you recognize from films yeah i I remember i think my first memory was probably the duplo stuff you know that big chunky stuff that used to be Uh big like little kids lego and then after that i think for me and i think this was probably the first kind of theme that they did was the space lego and dave will probably remember this 1978 i think it was oh yeah i had some of that and, and, ben, and, and Benny, it was, Benny the Spaceman. Yeah, you're right. So this Space Lego stuff was, you know, I guess probably one of the first sort of preludes to all of these sort of massive themes that then came out. Um, and for me, I've just got, I mean, I've still got that Lego as well. Like you say, you, you keep that with all the modern Lego you've got that your kids have got. And they have little space helmets and little oxygen tanks and their little laser guns and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, there's some really, really cool, cool things in there. So uh, that for me, Space Lego, yeah, 1978. I remember opening that at Christmas and... Uh, yeah, the kids occasionally still play with that bits and bobs today. And it's impressive how it's developed as well. I mean, <clears throat> I know that later on in the show today, we're going to discuss what we would like to create if we had any chance to. But when you kind of look back at Lego, 
they seem to have done most of it. They're very, very clever as a brand in terms of their collaborations now. I mean, they've they've collaborated with almost every TV show and film that you could possibly think of, which kind of makes it difficult when you start to think of of something they've not done yet. Yeah, you know, I think it's, and the cost of Lego as well, as we all know, super expensive. And I guess part of that is down to the licensing agreements, isn't it, that they've got with the companies. But uh, yeah, I think they're not, they're, um, they pretty much covered all bases. I say we were Googling a minute ago about things, Lego sets, and oh my God, you know, they've done everything, haven't they? Absolutely everything you can think of. Yeah, what was it you found? The Goonies. They've already managed to do the Goonies. <laughs> I've got the Goonies. <laughs> Which you would imagine um, would have been quite niche. And yeah, I mean, likewise, I mean, I just in sitting in front of me while we're recording this, I, I collect Lego sets, but I also collect Lego figures and just the figures themselves and have them dotted around my, my home office just to try and brighten the place up a bit. And, you know, I've got Harry Potter set in front of me. I've got the Avengers set in front of me, Stranger Things, and even the Big Bang Theory and all the characters there. And they literally have covered everything and I spend far too much money on it all. I know I mean. You know, Lego's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle, isn't it? It's really annoying when you've got a set and you lose a bit or the dog comes along when you're building it and takes it and runs off and <laughs> chews it up and goes under the sofa. And um, But I, I guess this is where, like, you know, actually, if you've got a 3D printer, you know, which I know is all close to our hearts, you know, you, you could go and recreate some of those bits that you've lost. Or there's always that bit of Lego, isn't there, that you want to build with and it's never you can never find it. Or you've, or oh, you've yeah. got, like, three bits of it and you need four. <laughs> So it's like, yeah. and you can't just go out and buy, you know, that individual tiny little thing. So yeah. this is where your 3D printer will come in. Like, say, so, yeah, scan that in, uh, just print it out. You know, you've always got your own Lego counterfeiting sort of operation, even though, of course, you probably buy times as much to print this as to buy it. But the thing is, you can't, you simply can't get that bit. I do remember times where exactly like you say, I want to do something and there simply isn't a part available. Well, there certainly wasn't 30, 40 years ago. And I remember chopping bits of lego apart and gluing them back together with super glue to yeah yeah just to I make wanted. it work yeah and like yep. i say you could do that in a printer now yeah it does take a while i have actually attempted the, the whole lego brick printing there's there's quite a lot available on instructables that you can go and find and just go and print and it, it does take a while but it is satisfying that it does just click in you, you know what you guys talk I, I i cherish the same memories that you, you're talking about building the sets that you want and having that one piece that you missed because you lost it or it wasn't a set or whatever um but, you know, I tend to think of that in, in a multiplier effect where, you know, as a kid, especially you had tens or dozens or hundreds of things that you bought and you had this big tub or, or box of all these loose pieces. And then some of your best memories is like when you go create your own thing yeah, instead 100%. of trying to buy the specific set. You know, now, maybe this kind of ties into the fact that when we were all kids, they were much more cost effective than what they are today. You know, my daughter, yeah. you know. We're, we're all Mando fans. My daughter's like, Daddy, can I have the Razor Crest? And I see it's a cost $130 US. I'm like, no, no, you cannot. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'll print but, you, you know, one for half the price. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I, the, the only reason I kind of bring that up is is that I I often think looking back on my childhood, you know, now being a, a past middle-aged adult, that Legos and the creativity that it's that it spawned really – I think kind of was the first STEM exposure I had as a young as a young kid, yeah. and I think mm -hmm. that's one of the things that helped push me into engineering, um, because I had so much fun putting Legos together, creating my own little world, whatever it was when I was a six or eight year old, and that's kind of, you know, influenced my career path. You know, it's interesting you say that because first Lego League is someone we sponsored as RS, isn't it? Uh, yeah. In in the group, and that is a very STEM based thing. And I never had a Mindstorm. Did you, any of you guys have a Mindstorm? You know, that you could program up and do stuff with. On the no, I had the, the Lego Technic, so you could obviously do some extra things with that. Um, but the 
No, I didn't. And I, I wished I'd, I had played around more with it when I was younger with those sorts of things because it's it's so clever what you can actually do when you start to add the extra little bits of technology onto it. And I, that's one of my favourite things with LEGO is seeing the hacks that people do. I remember actually yeah. being at a trade fair a few years back. In fact, it might have been Electronica, Pete, where um, one of the, the stands was just a whole LEGO city and it was all oh, moving. that was analogue devices. Yeah, yeah analogue devices. Yeah, and it was yeah. it was so cool and it, everything was moving and working its way around. They had all the buses sort of going, driving along the roads and everything was working as you would expect it to work in a city. And it was so cool just to see how it all come together. But obviously what's involved behind that in a basic format, anybody can do at home. Well, yeah, it's, it doesn't take a lot to... The, the motors, well, certainly nowadays, the motors that, that they can sell are, are really small. You can build them into almost anything, can't you? It's... Um, and now it's all logic based. It's not just you turn the switch on and it goes. I'm stunned by some of the stuff that they've got available now. I love all the oh, accessory right. packs you can get now as well, like the sort of the unofficial stuff that people do. And again, this for me is always one of those. The sign of something being truly geeky is when you have a bit of a splinter group that comes off the side with all these little specialisms. And for me, the the one that keeps getting me and makes me spend more money than I should is the LED light kits that are being created for a lot of the models. So the the Hogwarts um, model that you get from Lego, you can now buy the, the LED light set unofficially that then goes in and each window lights up and all of the different parts light up. The same for the upside down from Stranger Things. It's got all of the different LEDs in there. And they're, they're another 40, 50 pounds. Um, and even that half the time is coming in from China. So it's, it all just adds to the overall cost. But yeah, it, but as soon as I see it and think that looks really cool, then my mind's set on it. <laughs> are, you, are you one of these people, Robbie? Do you keep your Lego models all built or do you break yeah, them down and put I, them in a box? Or? So it, it's a hard... This is where I've, I've struggled with parenthood. So I, yeah. I love the fact that I've, I've kind of had to split it into my Lego, kids' Lego, because the, the models I build, I leave, and they, they sit there. They collect dust for a while until I very carefully clean them. But... Yeah, I mean, the kids have then got their own sets, which they've got their own, as you mentioned, Matt, a huge box that's just full of mm -hmm. random, colourful pieces. And that's what I remember as a child. That was probably the most enjoyment I had it was, was just building random things. You would have 15 different varieties of wheel in there and you just wanted to build something that was a cool vehicle, kind of resembled a car, kind of resembled a rocket. It didn't really matter. It was just your creation. And that's that's what I loved about Lego. That's what really got me into it. And then as you get older, it's it's the models. But yeah, I, I have to leave mine built and ready. I mean, even in the middle of my lounge, I've got the the football stadium for Leeds United that is not actually oh, official. Right. It's not official Lego. It's called Brixels, and I bought it knowing it was wow. I think a thousand pieces, but they're actually half half the size and a quarter of the size of original Lego pieces. So very very intricate. And it was so difficult to build, but it was rewarding in the end. And if anybody goes even within a meter of it, I'm on edge. <laughs> it's so easy to break. You don't want to super glue that stuff together. Not a chance. Get it no. Yeah, I, I, so when you, when you guys build models, are you kind of? I mean, if you've got a, anyone with a little bit of OCD in them, will always want to make sure the coloured bricks match. Or are you kind of like don't care what the colour brick is. I'll just build something. Whether it's or does it all have to be the same colour and all matching? Or I mean, for me, I'm a little bit both ways depending on what i'm building but um, i've got to say i'm a bit ocd about that kind of stuff <laughs> so am i and much to the frustration of my partner because she she never understands why i'm so ocd when it comes to things like lego and 
certain design aspects just again through through my work I, if something's not capitalized that should be or is that shouldn't be then I, I spot them immediately and I'm very OCD and the same with Lego it has to be the right part the right piece and the right color whereas you'll say but you're not interested in that when it comes to tidying the house or certain things around the house <laughs> but yeah I, I'm completely with Dave on that yeah I think it's interesting you guys are bringing up this topic because um, I hate to admit it I don't uh, have the time to invest with Legos like I used to when I was much younger. Um, but you know this this commentary about you know this is mine and this is not yours. It it, it kind of makes me remember um, the uh, uniqueness of the of the storytelling within the Lego movie um, because if you think about uh, uh, Will, Car- Will Will Ferrell's character, the man upstairs, the dad, he was so. <laughs> protective and to use the term we're talking about ocd about his creation yeah. and he was almost yelling at his kid and it's like whoa <laughs> am i that guy i hope not <laughs> but you know I, I i think it also does make a point whereas if you have a hobby right and you're you know if you're spending 130 dollars for the razor crest and you want to have that on your desk you don't want anybody touching that it costs a lot of money right. you spend a lot yeah. of time on it and i want to look at it <laughs> keep your hands off yeah <laughs> You know? Yeah, and it is that fine line, and as the as my children have been growing up, it, it becomes a finer line because it was very easy, as as you mentioned, Pete, with the likes of Duplo, that's theirs, that's very clearly theirs, and what I'm building is very clearly mine. As they get older and our interests sort of align a little bit more, it becomes much more blurred. So with Harry Potter, for example, they've got numerous Harry Potter sets that I've built with them, and it's hard then to, for me to say right, look, this is their enjoyment i want them to to do this so it's just kind of helping rather than you inside you're screaming saying i want to build this this looks so cool but you've got to say no this is theirs they've i'll help them with it and let them get the enjoyment out of it but then also pass on that kind of protection of it as well to say that you've built this model if you put it on display in your bedroom you know it's it's to play with of course it's to play with but don't it, not in the same way as the rest of your brick. So it's kind of, again, getting that understanding for the different sets because, as you said, especially around the cost, I think that kind of makes you think... When I was younger, I would get all different models, but I would then mash them all up into my one set and then I would just build yeah. anything from it, which is yeah. fine then, but we weren't spending upwards of 80, 90 pounds on a, a specific <laughs> model to then break it down and not know where the pieces are anymore and never be able to build it again. So, yeah, it's, it's a yeah. fine balance, I find. It's funny because you're either doing a model that you build from, from, you know, following the instructions, right, which is one sort of skill, or I must admit, I prefer getting just the stuff and just creating something off my own back and doing that and then with no instructions and I think that's a different skill set. I mean, we used to do stuff with our kids where we'd build little fairy houses out of Lego, we put them in the garden, put little plants around them and put little you know treats for the fairies to come along and take and stuff but you know we built those out of you know just regular bricks and all the stuff that we had but and they're great because that sort of brings your imagination to how you want your house to look and although the kits you know are really cool and they're very expensive but they they almost kind of i don't know maybe they sort of bring that creativity down because you're just following a set of instructions aren't you and you're, you're building it for an end result and you're going to never do anything with it so i like them in both aspects but i do like prefer the creativity side of just building your own thing you know, one of the cool things, though, about the instructions, you know, one of the, as a father, one of the cool things about the instruction sets is watching your kids, or at least my kids, I've enjoyed this, kind of develop their technical skill set. You know, my yeah. daughter's 12, but I remember the, fir- the first time that we bought her a Lego kit, she was five or six, and the first one she tried to build, it took her some time, but she got it, and she's proud, and we're proud, and we're all happy. 
but as she's gotten older, my wife just bought her um, something for, for, I think it was Roblox, because she's a big Roblox game player. Um, and she put that kit together within minutes. And she was so excited. And, and we were all excited because we, we saw the progress. Um, she's also, you know, one of the things I, I like about Legos and my, my daughters, she's starting to do the things that we're all talking about when we were kids. She kind of has her sets, especially on her desk uh, for, for school from home. Um, but she also has her big box of, of blocks and she's always creating things there as well too so it's yeah you know, it's generational i guess it's it's fun to channel my youth through my my, my daughter yeah um so yeah there's it's, it kind of goes I, I guess you know there's benefits both ways you you get the skill set following the instructions but you also have the creativity when you are creating yourself one of the things i like about some of the sets especially some of the more complex sets even if my little boy makes it once and then breaks it down and uses the bits for something else it's rare that we get a kit that isn't showing some slightly new technique there's what constantly amazes me about lego is the number of different ways you can put these things together yeah i mean it's almost like someone's thought it all out isn't it uh, but it's <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter which way up you go or the fact that there's a piece that will let you go to right angles and and there's always a technique that you can use and and in a way taking a kit and making it and then breaking it apart it's never wasted because hopefully some of those little techniques go in and you say when you're trying to then do your own creative thing you sit there and go ah oh, no we're doing that um, and that's one of the amazing things about lego is, is it's that i'm not sure if modularity is the right word or flexibility is the right word but the number of different ways that you could put together just a handful of bricks um is is just it always amazes me yeah have you ever been to legoland any of you yeah um, awesome I've been to the one in Britain. There's one in Britain. You're right. It's near you, Dave, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, we're it's, only, it's only 20 minutes away. Yeah, yeah. I, I went when they did the Lego exhibition for um, the space, uh, sorry, for the Star Wars stuff. So it's all Star Wars Lego. And my God, that was absolutely incredible. And that was the first time I'd been there. And But yeah, they got all those mini cities and stuff. And a mate of mine actually went to the one in Billund, which is actually in um, in Denmark. Yeah. Um, uh, is it Denmark? Yeah, yeah Denmark. Oh, yeah. So, um, so it's sort of the home of Lego, isn't it? Right. So, and he was yeah. saying that uh, yeah, that was absolutely amazing. And even in the restaurant, when you go and get your lunch, and you've got like a menu on the wall, like you know, cheeseburger or hot dog, whatever. To get that, you had to build a little Lego kit, uh, and then stick it in this machine, which would obviously scan it, I guess, and see if you build it right, and then it would deliver your cheeseburger at the other end, or your hot dog, whatever it is you built to represent that. You would get your your hot meal at the other end. So um, that that was pretty cool. So they sort of had that creativity of getting your lunch, you know, by 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 doing that. But uh, yeah, I'd love to go to the to to the Billund one. I've only ever been to the one at Windsor. I, I love all the Lego stores as well. I mean, the fact that they all become an experience. It's great when you you go. I mean, I, I've been to Legoland and I loved it. And it, I I remember seeing a TV program. There's now a group of VIPs who have got the well, obviously not at the moment because we can't. It's closed, but. You, you can actually go and visit as frequently as you want. And there's a group of people who go every single week because there's always new things. And they actually, Lego, try and work with them to um, build things that they can add into the different displays as well. But I I love the intricacies of going to different Lego shops around the world. I mean, I've been in, obviously, the one in, in London I've been to numerous times. But then I remember going out to the one in Rome. And the fact that wherever you go, it's always very localised in terms of what they've got on display yeah. and what they've built. And I, I just love seeing that. I remember seeing a huge um, Ferrari in the one in Rome that they built completely oh, out of Lego. Yeah. And it we was went there at the Maker so Faire, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it was after we'd been that. to the we Maker went, Faire. Yeah. 
That was it. That was incredible, actually, wasn't it? Like you say, they had yeah. that, that Formula One coal built out of Lego. That was brilliant. My, my wife and I had a similar experience. Um, this is probably seven, eight years ago. Uh, we spent a weekend up in New York City, uh, just the two of us without, without the kids. And we're at Rockefeller Center, uh, you know, just walking around. And there's a Lego store right there. Um, and we're like, come on, let's go in. She's like, no. I'm like, just let's go in, right? <laughs> we probably spent 90 minutes in there looking at all the things that they had. Of course, we walked up with Lego sets for the kids because um, they were younger at the time. And, um, <laughs> you know, all the things that you mentioned, right, seeing the statue, you know, from a U.S. standpoint, seeing the Statue of Liberty and, and, and all the, the, the icons you'd think about a visit to New York uh, in Lego form was, was really cool. So it's, it's, it's amazing to me. And then obviously, if we've traveled through Europe and other places around the world, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing to me that same experience is, is everywhere you go. Um, you know, it, it really shows how integrated uh, Lego has become into Global, global culture. Yeah, I mean, do you think Lego's still got, you think about the modern digital age, and I'm, like you had mentioned earlier, I think uh, Roblox um, and also Minecraft, they are kind of like the digital equivalents now, aren't they? I mean, yeah. my kids are on those things all the time. I, mm. bi- I built my Minecraft server, by the way. I mean, we talked about this last episode. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, saying that, what I did is I investigated to build my own, and it's easy, really easy to do. The thing is, you have to worry about security and you're opening up your IP address and your ports and stuff. So what I actually did is I found a company called Shockbyte, for example, uh, there's a few companies out there. It's kind of called Shopbite, and for a dollar, uh, no, was it? Yeah, I think it's a dollar a month. I basically can rent a server for 20 users. It runs off the Java instance uh, um, of uh, Minecraft, and I basically have a control panel uh, that allows people in or out of the server, and I can ban people and kick them out and, and give them certain rights and stuff. So in effect, it, you know, it's a cloud. I rent I rent a server for a dollar a month, and uh, we've got I think 17 of my kids and their friends on there at the minute i haven't got 17 kids by the way sorry i've got two two kids <laughs> <laughs> and and about 15 of their friends now you sound so, like boris um, yeah now i sound like boris so so that 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 was really cool but they you know again they they're at that age now i think where they did play with lego um and now they're sort of um you know nearly 14 and and 13 and they're kind of progressing now into the digital space like you no know, teenagers do but they have still kind of clung on to those you know creativity things you know and let's face it you know minecraft and roblox uh, are like you know lego a bit in the digital form especially minecraft and, yeah uh, they, they play with their friends you know um and uh, it's kind of a social thing for them and they can't do anything at the moment because it's obviously the pandemic but but yeah I, I i don't know what worries me is that in the next generation of kids that things like lego will be kind of a thing of the past you know which does concern me does worry me especially when like matt was saying early engineering you know a lot of people inspired engineers by starting with lego didn't they for in pursuit of dispute the part of the show where we all agree to disagree on any given geeky subject today i want to challenge you all in a dragon's den shark tank style if you could create one lego set that doesn't currently exist what would it be and you'll each have one minute to pitch your idea to me before I select the winner. Although I can't guarantee that it will be made by Lego if it is the winner. <laughs> so as the guest, Matt, would you like to go first? Sure. You know, it's we've all been talking about this off air and maybe some during the recording. It's hard to find something that's not been made. So I'm going to go out there on a limb and say, I want a Lego version of me so that when I have to sit on another <laughs> Zoom call, I can just put my Lego avatar there. And, uh, you know, see, see if see how long it would take for someone to notice that there's a, a Lego avatar of, of me personally. Love um, this probably has this probably has no more commercial, uh, you know, commercial uh, 
uptake except for this one person. But, uh, yeah, that's the best idea I got this morning. I'm sorry, or this afternoon. <laughs> I suppose it would be quite interesting, though, to see how many people, at what price point you would have to put it at for people to get their own official Lego version of themselves life-size. Exactly. I, I would imagine there's a fair few people with the money that would buy that. Yeah, I don't know if I could afford that, but it'd be great if I it'd be, it'd be great if I could at least try it one time. Yeah. Anyway, that's the best idea, guys. I I got sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna say I like that as a as a concept because you've got you've got scanners and and photographic imaging equipment such that you could scan in your own face, and it doesn't take you know the, the next step then is a piece of kit that converts that 3D. Uh, model or whatever however you want to phrase it that 3d image into instructions for, for lego pieces then what you do is you sell them a big big box of, of flesh colored lego um and let them get on with it mind you i suppose I like it depends how deep you go into it because the easiest option would be just to create yourself as a lion a giant lego figure so exactly. actually all you have is a life-size version of the legs and you choose which color trousers you wear then you choose which top you wear and then really it's just the face which face looks most like you that would be easy to do yeah you just have giant lego pieces yeah i would like to see the realistic version if your lego self steps on a lego (laughs) so if your lego self sits on lego does it hurt as much as if you do it yourself or uh it should right I'm, I'm not sure I could beat that. Right, so, well, I've got two answers because I asked my wife this before we went on and her first response was Lego Laboutin. She's a shoe queen. <laughs> She'd like a, a kit that would allow her to design her own fantasy shoes. But that's not me. Um, when I was a kid, I always used to try and make models of aeroplanes and it was one of the few things that disappointed me about Lego is that they never had models that looked like real aeroplanes. Nowadays, in the Lego creators, you can get what VW Beetles and, and Ford Mustangs and uh, trains and all this kind of stuff. They've not applied it to aeroplanes. So I was making um, Mustang fighters from Second World War or hind helicopters and stuff like that. I want a kit. Pick one aeroplane. I don't care what it is. Create me a set that looks like the real deal. And I'll happily sit there and make it and take it apart and make it as many times as you want. Yeah, because I suppose a lot of what they tend to do is the part of like the Lego City series, isn't it? Which is the mm. very generic play sets of, of different planes. Yeah. But not yeah, quite and, specific enough. And they do enough. look like toys. I mean, that's, that's, they're, for, they're for the kids, and I understand that entirely. Um, but being the geek that I was, being an aeroplane geek and amongst all sorts of other kinds of geek, uh, I was always a little bit disappointed. It's like, well, what kind of plane is that? Come on, guys, try a little bit harder. <laughs> uh, and I was actually trying to do that myself. So find me i don't care what it is you know it could be anything could be really bizarre and and obscure i don't give a monkeys uh a a mig 21 find me a lego kit of a mig 21 that's maybe i know 15 or 20 inches long oh top gun lego top gun lego top gun lego (laughs) i am googling that immediately does that exist (laughs) a a tomcat and you can buy the characters and you can get the I see. I think unofficial, unofficial Lego, but it's compatible. You can buy an instruction manual to build the Super Hornet from Top Gun. Yeah, there you go. And their 14 Mm. Tomcat. Yeah, it exists, but it's not an official Lego kit. So, yeah, yeah, that stands. Good shout. Good shout. Like that. That's almost a winner when a chicken dinner. (laughs) You're not hoping. Got him. So, uh... (laughs) so I right. So I, (laughs) I want. I want a Firefly Lego yes. set, right? Yes, yes. So Malcolm Reynolds and crew, the Serenity. I want to build my own Serenity and my own Firefly class 
um, spaceship uh, that I could build, a bit like the Millennium Falcon sort of size. That would be really oh, cool. Yeah. And they have all the characters. Um, if you've not seen Firefly, anyone is listening, it's it's like a space western, and it was Josh Whedon's probably one of his best creations he ever did. But sadly, uh, you know, it only made one season uh, for some reason. I think it had this this cult following, obviously, and it's probably a number of years old actually. And Dave, you got me into this probably fifteen it's years ago. My I think, fault. Yeah, it's the, it was filmed. It's, yeah. it's over twenty years ago now. Bizarrely. Um, it came out, um, I first heard about it on a, a role-playing website back in, yeah. oh dear, um, 2004, something like that. And it wasn't new then. And I, I happened to go to a no. supermarket and I found the DVD box set and I brought it home. And my wife and I sat and binge-watched it just from start to finish and then did it again and then did it again. It, it's it's proper science fiction TV. It's absolutely outstanding. It's it's fantastic and it's so good and some of the quotes in it yeah it's funny. and i'll just i'll just end on saying robbie yeah a quote for me is robbie if you don't pick my idea i swear by my pretty fly <laughs> i will end you <laughs> and if you're a fan of firefly get it. that's a quote that yeah. malcolm Wells does <laughs> cool yeah, so there's three very good ideas <laughs> and very different ideas um i know that, again We'd spoken about before, Dave, that you'd mentioned the Lego Ideas website where actually you can go on and submit your own idea and they run contests and things on there to, to try and shape what the next kit will be. So who knows, maybe one of these will, will fall into that. But for me, there's one standout winner and it's probably the one that wasn't expected is the Lego version of Matt in the not just standing yeah. for being the Lego version of Matt in everybody's homes, but I think a Lego version of yourself. What a great idea. And whether that be, I know that obviously people do create the minifigures of themselves, but if you could have a life-size model, then that would be brilliant. And I think anybody who would be able to afford it, based on the current price of Lego, that could mean that you need to, to remortgage in order to be able to afford it. But um, yeah, I think that would be a, a great <laughs> idea. So the winner of that one, without any shadow of a doubt, is Matt. Well done. There you go, Matt. That's your lockdown project, yeah, mate. Now you, the next time you come on the show, we want you to have built it and sent us a picture. Uh, there has to be a website out there that will take a picture of yourself and kind of Legoize it, so that's probably the best I, I can do. I don't know if anybody wants to see a face. We'll take that. You know, I, there's a reason why I'm doing podcasts. I've got a good radio voice, so, you know. <laughs> Great. Oh, my. So now it's time for the final section of our show as we each put forward our nominations for Geek of the Week. So each of us will nominate one person who deserves the title and then we will all agree on the winner. Pete, you were last in the, the last segment. Would you like to go first this time? Okay, so I guess my Geek of the Week is going to be James May. And now James May, if you don't know, is uh, one of the original Top Gear uh, guys, he's now on the Grand Tour. If you watch Amazon, and he uh, messes about with Jeremy Clarkson and Richard Hammond doing various things, but he also has various TV shows that he does on his own, generally engineering based. He's done some really, really cool ones. And uh, one that was really, really good that he did some time ago now was he built a full size Lego house uh, with a full size working toilet as well, uh, which is incredible. And um, I think it was only that recently that they dismantled it. But uh, I'm thinking, wow, you know, that, that could maybe, you know, um, solve the world housing crisis I don't know potentially <laughs> build it out of Lego you could do um, and you know how strong this stuff is right so uh, but yeah it was really really cool so if, if you haven't seen it go and google it uh, James May's Lego house and it, it's absolutely incredible what he did there so 
uh, yeah, so in the spirit of International Lego Day, I'll nominate uh, James May as my Geek of the Week. Great. Dave? Um, I'm going to go with a guy. Uh, I found this book that we, we bought it for my little boy. Now, I'll give you a caveat here. My, my little boy is nine years old. Uh, he loves science. He loves maths. And uh, he loves Lego. And he's always asking questions about you know, space and science and this kind of stuff. And we found a book. It's written by a guy called Dr. Ben Still. He apparently is a, a lecturer at the University of London um, in physics. But apparently one of his things is trying to use different tools to teach difficult con concepts. He's written a book that I've got in my hand here. It is called Particle Physics, Atomic Physics Explained in Lego. And basically what he does is he encourages you to go and get a whole series of different kind of bricks and uses them to illustrate how the particles that make up the world and in fact the universe are put together with little lego bricks i, I can't pretend to understand it a tenth of it i'm just not that clever but that sounds but awesome it, it's in terms yeah. of illustrating how an atom works so he's got a different color brick for a proton a neutron and an electron um how the periodic table works he's got a, a lego representation of of the different areas of the periodic tables what the transition metals what the noble gases all this kind of stuff it just it's such an interesting way to communicate science and i absolutely love it brilliant matt uh this may be a little <clears throat> over the top i shouldn't say over the top it may be a little easy pickings but i'm gonna go with uh ewan mcgregor uh and a couple reasons for that one i am looking forward to the uh ob1 Disney Plus streaming series. Uh, so, you know, I'm all about all things uh, Star Wars. I find it, you know, since I'm talking to three folks from across the pond, I find it intriguing the reaction that the uh, building of the set and Little Marlowe was causing uh, due to that Sun report that came out a few days ago. So another reason I've been thinking about Ewan McGregor. But more importantly, I, I think as it, as it contributes to geekiness, is uh, his TV series he just, he, that he just dropped on Apple TV uh, late last year with Charlie Borman, Long Way Up. The concept of riding electric bikes and being supported by electric trucks by Rivian from Tierra del Fuego to Los Angeles over 100 days is it blew my mind. Um, my wife and I uh, binged that uh, over a, f a few days during the, the holidays when we had uh, not much else to do, uh, when we were isolating ourselves. Um, I just thought it was completely cool that you know a pop culture, you know pop culture star like Ewan McGregor is so uh, focused on tech, and all the research that him and his team did on and getting customized bikes and customized trucks to make that cool journey, and and seeing them go through the weather and the, you know the the, the, the dry deserts and the forests of Central America and, and 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 everything was kind of a you know proof of the 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 other major one of the other major trends we see right now the electrification of vehicles so. I know I've kind of wrapped in a, a bunch of themes right there, but, you know, I, Ian, Ian, that's my nomination for Geek of the Week, Ian McGregor. Great. So mine as well will be Lego-themed. Um, I've said Lego Day coming up soon. So for me, it is, I was looking and looking at a load of different um, models that have been built and, and different things that I, thinking back to different things that I'd seen over the years, and I always came back to the best things always seem to be the ones, as we've talked about, that you see when you go to Legoland or when you go into the stores. So I was looking back at where, where are these things actually made? And there's actually a special Lego facility in a place called Cladno in the Czech Republic. 
and their designers there specialize in creating really complex models that they put in the parks and everywhere around the world they all come from this one place and then I started to look a bit more into some of the models they've made and one of them really jumped out at me and it was actually a full-size Bugatti Chiron that they created and not only does it look brilliant and it's exact scale one-to-one with with the real thing it drives and it drives at 12 miles an hour which for a supercar obviously doesn't sound an awful lot but for a car that's made completely out of plastic and you think how heavy that would actually be um, it's mainly made out of the, the lego technic sets but 12 miles per hour is pretty darn impressive so yeah, that that for me was was the the thing that really stood out, um, and it also it took them thirteen thousand hours to build that car. So it, for me, the the our, my geeks of the week are the the guys and girls that work in the Lego facility in the Czech Republic. Awesome. So how do we pick one of those? <laughs> well, I I got to say I'm a huge fan of the Hugh McGregor and, and the Long Way Up program. I remember being so upset when it ended and i just wanted to go back to the beginning and watch it all again i i absolutely love that yeah i mean i, I think I'm... ewan mcgregor as well appears in so many real cult films and does so mm. many different things i mean even in obviously away from sci-fi but the likes of train spotting is still m- one of my favorite films um and he's, he's just so good in everything that he does but you're right he, he also puts the effort in he, he actually yeah. knows what it is that he's getting involved in and does the research so yeah i mean i I'm, i would back that one as well see i'm, I'm kind of curious but i'm i'm going for yours robbie i think that the uh building up the uh the the life-size lego car and getting the the speed that you mentioned that's pretty slick and I don't know. That ties really in with our, our theme. I, I kind of mentioned even off the top of my head, but uh, I'm going with yours. Yeah, I'm kind of split, actually. I, I like all the ideas. I thought they were really good, but I do like, I would love to be able to build a full-size, like, you know, supercar, <laughs> but our Lego and go and drive it somewhere. So that is kind of, uh, you know, a childhood fantasy that they've made come true. So I, I would probably go for yours. I know that they've, they've actually done quite a lot of different ones as well. I mean, there's, they've, they've worked with the likes of McLaren and Renault to create Formula One cars. And I remember seeing a story before around, they so they partnered with Volvo quite recently and they've released a whole range alongside Volvo to, to help with STEM more than anything. But the one of the stories that I'd read was in the in Legoland in one of the in the US, um, the, they'd actually swapped the manager's SUV with a Lego replica, exactly the same car. And they <laughs> that had been built for them in, in this factory and they'd shipped it over and he came out at the end of the day and this car had replaced his. So it's the intricacy of those sorts of things and actually how similar they look is incredible. Can't argue with that. Well, I'm happy to call it a draw. Let's let's give it. We'll give half an award to each of them. I'm sure you and McGregor's had enough awards to be happy to share it with the the, the very talented engineers that are working for Lego. Great, and that brings us to the end of yet another episode. Thank you once again for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please do three nice things for us: subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave us a review, and share with a friend. For more episodes and bonus content, please head to designspot.com forward slash podcasts and we'll see you all again next time. Thanks, guys. See you soon.